0: Here we go with a new episode of the Marvelists.
1: Welcome everyone to the Marvelists the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick and I'm Eddie Wilson and joining us on the other end of the tin Can and string we are joined with the proprietor of the Kinoplex over on Facebook Kinoplex 2 Roberts Reprieve. Taylor Stenhouse. Taylor good evening. Hello it's
2: great to be here.
1: Welcome back. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which by the way, I've been wanting to call it this entire time, World of Wakanda, over and over and over. And right. I don't know why I want to call it World of Wakanda, but oh. it sounds like it would have been called that. I'm like, oh. And right. then I go to the movie and I see Wakanda Forever. I'm like, I'm an idiot.
2: <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, I gaslight myself into thinking that's what the title is, and then I just get all confused.
1: Kind of like how DC fans have been gaslighting themselves into thinking Black Adam's a good movie. <laughs> but <laughs> it, wow okay it, it is the definition two of mid. movies <laughs> that start with the same word and release not too far apart from each other but let's be honest ladies and gentlemen the real reason we're here to talk on this episode is because as of this recording on Tuesday November 15th Taylor Taylor Swift tickets have gone on sale, and I will be attending the Philadelphia show on the 13th in May. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I will be at a Taylor Swift concert. So wow. that was the real reason. We're not actually talking about Black Panther. Taylor, as a Taylor yourself, you're, you know, being able to talk about Taylor. Will you be going to any of those shows this upcoming year?
2: Right, absolutely, if I can help it, you know. I mean, my dream is, of course, to marry Taylor Swift, not to not because of any particular musical reason, but her name is also Taylor, and that just kind of—I don't know, that checks a box, right? Like, we could name our kid Taylor regardless of gender. It'd be like a nightmare.
1: I thought Carly Rae Jepsen was uh, the one for you.
2: Yeah, you know what? It depends on the day. That's depends fair. on the day.
1: All right, no, in all seriousness, ladies and gentlemen, we are not talking about Taylor Swift, i I assure you. But— this episode, we're talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and right off the bat, gentlemen, I thought this this movie was fantastic. Obviously, it pales in comparison for myself to the first one, but then again, that's going to happen. It's you know, it's a 50-50 gamble. It'll be good, or it'll be better, and in my opinion, Ryan Coogler knocked it out of the park regardless.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it does. uh, I think it does a lot better than the first movie. Um, I don't know of anything it does particularly worse. I mean, it inherently suffers without Chadwick Boseman. um, But at the same time, uh, with his absence, they let the supporting cast shine a lot and they all do really great. And that I don't think would have happened if Chadwick Boseman was still in the movie, Um, which, you know, isn't a positive or negative. It's just what it is. Um but yeah, no, I I think overall with a third act being so much better than the first movie, I think I did like this one better.
1: I will say, you know with the you know, the elephant in the room of Chadwick Boseman's passing in regards mm. to that, first off, in your in your viewing, both both of you guys, when you saw the movie, how silent was the theater any anytime they showed archive footage of him because in my showing, it was like I actually got a chill from the fact of how, awkward it felt in the room just dead silence right.
0: pretty much yeah yeah exactly um, and and really just from the opening
1: from the, the scenes
0: when and the purple that you saw come up there too to the ending throughout it was really all in homage if you will to to chadwick and uh, I thought that was pretty interesting you're saying you thought it was better than the first one uh mm. I, I think it kind of came to the same level in a different aspect mm. of course again but I do agree that maybe there would have been Yeah, a different slant and not the other characters shine as much if Chadwick was there. I also think there would have been more Black Panther uh, action sequences than we saw. Mm. So I thought it kind of came up a little short in that respect, this one. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: I will say the biggest thing, the biggest MVP in this movie was Angela Bassett. Her performance in this movie, like every person I've seen talk about this movie. People have said, you know, you never see cape movies get academy award nominations and you know the honors the way she performed in this movie am i in agreement that she should be nominated and win i would go with nominated i'm not entirely sure if she should win it but she did do a damn fine job mm-hmm. for a movie of this mm-hmm. you know type mm-hmm.
2: yeah um you talk about like uh talking about how the theater was during those moments and stuff i actually interestingly enough um Chadwick Boseman uh, was born, grew up, whatever, in this uh, Anderson, South Carolina, which is like 30 minutes away from where I am. It's like a small little college town. It's kind of in the greater area of my city. He went to one of the really big high schools in my city, just a few miles away from where I was seeing the film. Um, So I think, like, I don't know. I put it at pretty good odds that there were people in the room in the big IMAX theater that went to school with the guy, you know? um and i could like there was there was a level of emotion that i think was probably a little higher that i could feel from a lot of people there um like there was you know i could hear like you can say whatever you want about crying in marvel movies but i could definitely hear a lot of people crying at certain points like even at the beginning and whatnot um which i think is a bit more understandable here with the context but yeah it was definitely like a a very different energy than i usually ever feel in a theater
1: And it's funny because when it came to the, you know, the overall emotion, yeah, you know, the showing I went to, I take my mom to the Marvel movies. I always like going with her because they're her favorite things. And, yeah, she was, you know, I look, you know, to my right and I see, like, just the tears coming out of her eyes when, you know, whenever Chadwick Chadwick was shown on screen, I'm like, this is, you know, this is the normal reaction. You're supposed to have this. And Mm -hmm. it's very, uh, it's a very somber feeling. And, like, Mm I'm I'm very curious because I've heard, you know, so many people, and this topic will, again, come into discussion on our show, but the whole element of recasting, and I'm fine with them, what they did, and it kind of was the discussion of how T'Challa's character passes. They really mm-hmm. didn't go fully into detail. It was an illness, and then it's just, mm-hmm. it's like real life, like something happens, and then mm-hmm. it just happens, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: I, I think I think his passing was handled very well in this movie. One thing, when I start to think about it that makes it a little awkward, uh, like, I don't think it actually robs it of its uh, like, and power or whatever in this film, emotional weight, but this is like the third time T'Challa has died in-universe, um, and, you know, the first being his like, you know, kind of, you know fake-out death, whatever in the first movie, and the second being in the snap, and When you think about it, like, he was dead for longer during that period than he's been in the universe now. All these characters had already dealt, like, they'd already gone through this, the funeral and the emotion and whatnot. Um, I mean, there's nothing to be done about that. It is what it is, but it it, it is kind of a bit funny when I think about it. Um, I don't know.
1: It's that example of how, in comics, death really isn't the final goodbye with a character. You look at how many times... Superman has, you know, died. You look at how many times Green Lantern Green Green Lantern, Green Arrow, uh Wolf, Wolverine, good you know, a <laughs> lot. <of that>. Um <laughs> just oh so many, but it's like that element of the characters are desensitized to it. And like right. they kinda of are in this universe in a round roundabout way. Like there is the celebration and the ballyhoo and whatnot, but it's a little bit different, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, we're allowed to talk about spoilers, right?
1: Oh, this is 100%. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not, obviously, uh, if you've gone this far into the episode, yes, we will be discussing spoilers. So, yeah, t- turn the show off, t- throw your phone into the ocean.
2: Oof. <laughs>
1: Unless you have a yeah. warranty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. the, the Queen's death in this movie was, I, I think I felt a relative sense of safety for the characters. Like you know, they start the movie with, with talking about T'Challa's death and and just because of the you know real life thing and everything like that. I'm like, I, it just wouldn't work to kill another character. They're not going to do that here. Uh, and so, in that regard, I was kind of caught off guard when they did kill her. And I think it was very effective, given that she was a character we followed so heavily in this movie. Um, and I think, like you know, as a as a side character, I really no interest in in the first film. Like I was very engaged in her story here, and um, her death was like that was actually surprising Marvel death for me. I wasn't really expecting.
0: I agree, and on a lesser level, but still a little bit of a surprise. Or oh, I didn't know that was that the relationship between uh, Everett Ross and Val
1: was right. that they had been married. A friend of mine had a conversation... Like, he texted me about this, and he he can be very, you know, how he feels about these movies, but, like, he made the comment that the story with them feels very just shoehorned in. There was no purpose for it. And I kind of disagree, because this is all... You have plot A, plot B, and then you'll have randomly plot C and D that aren't really effective to the plots of A and B, but they are for the overall grand tapestry of what's going on for a future project. Like, you look at... um, You look at Iron Man 2 and Scarlett Johansson, she's in there and it's not really much. She's there, you Mm. know, blink and you'll miss it kind of thing, but not really. Mm. And she really doesn't serve a purpose for the overall story of that movie, but it's going Mm -hmm. to be something for a future film. That's why these characters are put in there like that.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, Everett Ross. Is a Black Panther character like that's 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 what his role is. He should be in this movie. We should be seeing him. I love Martin Freeman. I was kind of worried going and we weren't going to see him much at all, and I left pretty happy with his role in the film. Um, but like, it, it's I think there's whole this whole discussion of like. With Marvel films especially, you know, they're dedicating so much runtime just to setting up other things, which sometimes, yeah, they are, and that is a flaw. And the CIA stuff about the world scale and, and how the U.S. and other countries are feeling about Wakanda, like, yeah, that's that's probably set up for stuff down the line. But I also think it's really relevant to this movie. Like, I don't think that's something that had to be – I don't think it's dead weight just because it's not resolved in this film. like it's 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 a part of the whole entire point of the movie of of what Wakanda's role is on the world stage right now and how other countries are feeling against them, and like the conflict with Namur and uh, Talikan and whatnot. like i I did think that was pretty relevant, honestly
1: now before we get into the big fish in the ocean of Namur, I want to talk a little bit about going over with the uh, Martin Freeman Everett Ross character that I kind of like because it makes you wonder with the character. You you said, you know, you were saying about how you were worried, you know, you wouldn't see much of the character. I'm wondering like how they were utilizing this with the character because he's more of a character associated with Black Panther himself, so why is he here? What is he really doing? So they give him a new purpose, but I like to imagine what would have happened if Chadwick Boseman had not passed away? What mm-hmm. other, you know, wacky misadventures would this character have? And I feel like there would have been a lot. Like, you read the uh, Christopher Priest run from mm-hmm. Marvel Knights, and you see how funny this character can be. And, mm-hmm. it you know, it kind of, like, bums me out. Like, we're never going to see, you know, the fun adventures with this character. And just, the, again... The misunderstanding, like, him literally shooting rats in, you know, in the projects. Like, I want to see stuff like that, and it'll never happen, but we might have something else instead that's much funnier.
2: Right. I I would love to read the original script uh, before Chadwick's passing. I'd just be very interested to see what the movie looked like with him in it.
1: And I'm wondering how many uh, fail-safes Marvel really has, because, like, this is a full—like, you have this script— and you have mm-hmm. everything set in motion for just in case. And it's it is a flawless film in the sense of you would not have known that the real passing of the person was why this movie came about. Like it's fully mm-hmm. formed, fully structured, perfect. How much do they have of fail safes for other characters? Like it's a yeah. it's a bit of a morbid thought. You know, about as morbid as my former obesity, but it's very uh, it's very <laughs> something that you got to think about, like, what would happen. Right. That's the end of my uh, TED Talk. But anyway, um, let's go back over to Namor. And first off, pronunciation of the character's name. You've
0: said Hmm. it many more times than the first time it was said by the character himself, and then after that it was all Namor.
1: Was it in the movie they literally go go Namor? The
0: actor himself, Tanakh Huerta Mejia, said Namor. And after that, any time the
1: character was named, it was Namor. That's funny. I didn't notice way. that. Oh yeah, yep. And it's funny because a lot of people when I was seeing like interviews and stuff like that leading up to this movie, I would then see Namor, and I'm like, oh shit, am I pronouncing it wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I've always been a Namor fan, Robert. Um, no, but you know, <laughs> oh Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Well,
0: that's what I noticed. And you would see you know Namora, the other one of the other characters there of that group of people, the Atlanteans, and Atuma. Um,
1: Thank you, Arnold. W- w- wonderful to see you in this episode. It's not a Tuma.
0: Yes. <sighs> but what I... And I guess I understand, of course, differing from the comics is how all these three and the rest of the undersea people
1: are all on the same team. You yeah. know, they're all... With, with the uh, pronunciation, one thing that i got to point out, I think it's funny because you have people who make the characters themselves like the great Jim Starlin who calls the character Shang-Chi not Shang-Chi like it's, you know pronounced in the MCU and how a certain Eddie Wilson in this room used to call Magneto Magneto mm-hmm. but it's because <laughs> we don't know these things you know like right. we see it written on the page and it's not like you know push a button like that's why like i think it's really funny to see all these characters' names change. And, Taylor, are there any characters for yourself that, you know, you would see the name, you know, pronounced, and you're just like, oh, I put the accent on the wrong syllable.
2: Oh, yeah, plenty. And I'm blanking on any specific, like, examples right now.
1: Like Captain Uh, America.
2: (laughs) That's happened with me, like, all the time.
0: Well, never out loud did I ever say Magneto. But, it was always to myself when I read it. and I mean, to, I had nobody inter- to
1: tell it to. Have you ever about in- this character? <laughs> no. I was going to say, in the interest of fairness, Eddie, are you going to walk up like, can you believe it, Magneto? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: heck,
1: I don't think Eddie's... <laughs> nope. Didn't happen, sir. You have no mail today, and I don't know why you're talking about this Magnet guy. <laughs> I-, I think, though, with these characters, yeah, I made a note
0: of at least you saw in the later closing almost to
1: the end of the movie where imperious rex showed up. Oh my god, that okay, I was the only one in the theater and like I will I will preface it by saying the following. If you've listened to the show enough or you've seen my social media presence, I'm not the biggest fan of comic n- namor, like whatsoever. I think he's one of the most bland and boring characters and as I lovingly have said, if you are a fan of comics and you say Namor Namor, whatever is your favorite comic book character and you're under the age of 90, you're a liar. 100% a liar. There's no, you know, <laughs> Namor fan club appreciation society. There are more Booster Gold right. fans than there yes. are Namor fans. Believe right me, ladies. So. Damn right. right. So. all right. <laughs> Team Blue and Gold forever and ever. And I'm not talking about Matt Turner and Andy Hedder. But in regards to the character of namor with this movie i left the theater a fan of the character because he's just such a suave debonair badass character and when the right. imperious rex line came out i was the on- i was the only person in my theater who just goes
2: hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually had like a good few gasps in mind like there was some noise when he did that in my theater
1: mm-hmm. it- oh shit how old were they
2: probably like 8
1: like 90, you would say, yes. give or take? Yeah,
2: 100%. Yeah, yeah. Definitely some 90 year old Yeah, this is an interesting example of a complete rework of a character, you know, adding a cultural background that does not exist in the comics. Uh, 99% of the time, you're going to see a lot of people online whining about that, but I just nobody cares about Namor, so nobody said anything. <laughs> uh, but it worked. Like, it was a really, really smart idea for them to do that, especially being that they were bringing him in as the Black Panther movie um, giving him a very important, like, culture and, and cultural background and stuff, I think really, really helped flesh him out here, and I like that a lot.
1: It, it fleshed him out more from than what he is, where it's wet Mr. Spock with a square head and a widow's peak, like, there's so much more, and it's, again, when you see this character, because, and I ended up putting up on my Twitter the other day, like, I found, like, a screenshot somebody posted of, uh, MCU Reed Richards, uh, what's his name, uh, The actor whose name I'm drawing a blank on right now from The Office, uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, the uh, the Cran man. He, uh, him and Namor, and like I see the visual, and I just tweeted the following. I just go, "This is what this is what you get, Jim, for all the shit you gave Dwight." (laughs) Because like (laughs) real talk, like that's I'm so waiting for the moments of just like him you know, swooping uh, – or sweeping uh, – what's her name? Uh, Sue Storm off of her feet for that. You right. know, like that's where I'm like, yeah, I can see it. I can see why she left him for him. That's 110%. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: and then Reed is just I... like, I can grow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had I had someone say to me something I really disagreed with where they thought that um, – get it the exact thing they had an issue with. I, I mean, I I don't think they like the whole CIA plot line and stuff, but I think they were just thinking like – they they, they wish that Namor had just wanted the vibratium from Wakanda, that they shouldn't have done the whole, like, world stage thing. And I heavily disagree with that, because that would have really taken a lot of the point of the movie away and what they're going to do going forward, I think. Like, uh, it made it more interesting that it wasn't just like, I want your stuff. It was, you know, we have some ideological differences, and, and we are these two you know, kind of hidden superpowers on Earth and just we have different ways of kind of addressing the rest of the Earth and whatnot and different ideals there. That is far more interesting to me than just, hey, give me your vibranium.
1: Maybe it's just me, but that whole idea of just give me your vibranium, like that version of a like telling that story, it feels so flat, like a Snidely Whiplash-esque kind of character. Just grow the mustache mm. out just a little bit more and twirl it. And it's like, no, don't, mm. you know... And I'm in I'm in complete agreement with you. I think like the idea of doing something like that. No, don't do that, because now you have a character that's much more, as you said, fleshed out and much more interesting. Yeah, he's got a
2: lot for them to go from here that I'm very interested to see, because, you know, there was a resolution, but a lot still left in the air at the same time. And I'm excited to see that pan out
1: when we saw the end of the fight. Let me ask you both this. Seeing the end of the fight, did you get the impression that you were about to see Namor die? Because there was a small part of me. I'm just like, are you really going to kill off this character so soon? Because I got that impression. I'm just like, really? Because I don't know why. Like, I just got that impression. Like, they've killed off characters so often where Uh it just felt like he is kind of the villain. So are you going to, you know, like... Not vulture him, but like, you know, Whiplash. I liked Whiplash. I thought Whiplash ruled. You know, Mickey Rourke, you know, the board of the board. <laughs> but um be attached to things. Yes. Board,
2: bring me my board. I love him.
1: It's Mickey Rourke, you know. Yeah. He, he's Randy right. the Ram. But um yeah, there's just like so much that I was expecting. But you know, Eddie, you gave the impression no you didn't No, I didn't think you were gonna kill him off. You spent all this time of co-
0: and you know, building into this movie, this character development and Killmonger, to- Eddie. To the point, and you had Michael B. Jordan in there as well. I'm for not talking some about that. Amount, you know, I'm and, talking about he died. He dead. Making sure he waver in terms of what she was, you know, going to become the next Black Panther for and for what reason? A good reason or a vengeance, revenge kind of reason. Uh, but even to the point where, with the publicity poster, seeing the reflection of Namor in the water of you know all the characters of Black Panther, Wakanda forever? And then again, the bottom part of that poster showing that and. It, it's like, wait, this is this means something, and it's an ad, not like the <laughs> Richard <laughs> Dreyfus building the uh, the uh, what all out of the garbage in the kitchen and building the Devil's Mountain thing for Close Encounters. I'm going I'm sorry, to another mill gonna, altogether.
1: I'm just going to do mashed potatoes. Yeah,
0: well, kind of like UHF. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, but no, I'm glad they kept him, and yeah, they even said that too. Well, at the end, it said that Black Panther will return. So, but what, what about Namor? In what capacity? Well, why not? It could be subtitled, uh, you know, Under the Sea. I don't know.
1: I swear to God, Eddie. <laughs> I swear to God.
2: <laughs> well, so I think I, this is a muddy area that I think we still don't know the answer to. But as far as I'm aware, Universal probably still owns those distribution rights to yeah. a, like, Namor film, right? Like, so if anything is called Namor, Universal has first, uh, hmm. you know, first dibs or whatever to distribute that, like, just like the Hulk. <laughs>
0: This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the fantastic four the world's greatest comic magazine and two you haven't read that a show dedicated to the comic books that i haven't read yet some marvel some dc all fun and on the eight dollar tier pick a topic of your choosing not a topping of your choice or perhaps you can be a guest on the marvelists above all else we thank you for your continued support
1: isn't it funny that that's what they bought like, they got the film rights to, you know, hey, you have so many options. Uh, we'll go with the Hulk. Yeah, that's a good one. I get that. And Fish Guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that is... I've never thought about that before. Why why no more along with the Hulk, of all people?
1: And it's funny because, like, you know, distribution rights with a lot of these characters, like, you look back in the day, Fox used to own the rights to Iron Man and Thor. Like, this is in, like, the mid-'90s, and they were supposed to do movies, and it just never yeah. happened. And then they, yeah, you know, threw them over. But, like... Again, there's so many, like, why this character, not that character? You know, Canon yeah. Pictures used to have Spidey. And look what happened with well, that. Yeah. Golan and Globus, movie film. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure
0: with respect to this film if they deviated from uh, a couple of names from the comic books where, was it Tolokin was the name of their, their place, I their ernest place, place? Yeah. And, and the other name that, well, Mumbaku could pronounce Kukulia, something like that. That yeah. was very very tough to let alone pronounce, but just to try yeah, and I remember would... to write write it down
1: and say, right. wait, wait, you know. I would love an audio book of just Eddie pronouncing things that he doesn't know how to pronounce. That would be the best. <laughs> um, yeah, I might, I might uh, go with that, sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it comes with a little bit of a stipend, you know, that would be nice.
1: You get no royalties, Eddie.
0: <laughs> well, as it is, you know, it took us a while to get ne- used to the names, you know, Okoye and uh, Nakia. So why not right. add, add to this, too? I thought what was kind of interesting was in the in their arsenal of the undersea dwellers were the, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, the water bombs mm. that uh, were used pretty effectively, actually.
2: Yeah. I thought it was interesting those were the only real weapons they had, apart from their, like, hand-to-hand stuff. Um, unless I'm misremembering, they didn't really have any, like, vehicles They didn't have anything other than just these water grenades, which is fine. That's not really a big deal. I did like the water grenades. They looked really cool. So
1: So let's talk about one of the characters that is making her debut in this film, Riri Williams, Ironheart. Wait, you were praising Ironheart. Yeah, I was was
0: doing the same, right, but Riri is the character name. That's right.
1: Dominique Thorne. With Riri Williams, again, the costume you have with the uh, Iron Heart outfit, which I've seen people go with the overly tired comment of, it looks like a Power Ranger. Right. And then be In a costume more, designer. Everything
2: looks like Power Rangers to people. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. You're all Power Rangers. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I like the design of the suit, but... I don't think the CGI for it was good. It's the only thing I'd actually say that about in this movie but there was just something not working for me with the CGI that I thought was kind of off
1: I w- so I was fine with the CGI and I understand the complaints and grievances about CGI in the MCU especially how let's be honest overworked a lot of the people are there at Marvel Studios right. so of mm. unfortunately it's one of those things where it's like
2: you know why it happened. <laughs> Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm certainly not blaming any of the overworked CGI animators for that. Absolutely not. It only stood out to me just because of how good the CGI look every, pretty much everywhere else in this movie. Like It was a beautiful film to look at.
1: Now, John Q. Reddit will be complaining nonstop about it, especially in a uh, YouTube video where it's got a thumbnail of him with his head in his hands. Right.
2: <laughs> I will say that, like, Riri Williams, I, you know— I don't have a strong opinion either way uh, here. Like, she was fine, I guess. Um, You know, I'm not excited for her show based on this. Um, And I guess you could kind of – not that I, like, care about – I, I don't think it affects this movie's quality at all. It doesn't need to do that for me, but I would call that, I guess, technically kind of a failure that to set up this character. It did not make me excited to see her show, but yeah, I don't like Riri Williams anyway, so whatever. I
1: saw the conversation of why is she even in here, and I'm like, well, it makes perfect sense because you end up seeing the character of Shuri who will eventually go on to be the Black Panther. Spoilers, by the way, I guess. Right. But, you know, in by the way, the worst-kept spoiler... Of this entire movie, and like I saw people oh, complaining sure. about it, I'm like, you know what this is, right? It's not going to be like, and here comes the new Black Panther, Ryan Gosling. No, it's like you know yeah. we're not going to be seeing you know something like that. It's going to be exactly what you think it's going to be. But anyway, right. with the whole you know relationship with her and Riri, I saw the whole point of she's the new future, and she has to be the one that inspires all these you know the young Avengers. So. it it made sense why that
2: relationship was there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um, one, one thing that struck not to get too far away from Riri, sorry, but one thing that struck me of like you, like you said it, you know, you could, you could all obviously tell from the trailers that the person in the black Panther costume was a woman, you know, sure he's on the front and center of the poster. Like we knew that would happen. What I didn't see coming is like, yeah, I registered that the new suit was gold, but i was not expecting it to go the direction of that's because she chose killmonger's costume more or less like his version of the black panther outfit um that like never even occurred to me seeing the the suit in pre-release stuff um so that i thought was really interesting that i thought was very good unless i'm just reading way too far into stuff that didn't exist but i thought that was good. Subtle visual storytelling of when she comes out of the ancestral plane, whatever, and she kind of goes up to Chadwick's costume, like the regular black costume. She's like, eh. And then she goes to the gold costume and she's like, yeah, that one. I I like how that actually had kind of an emotional purpose because that's where she was and that's who she saw and blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, I like the fact that, you know, she goes off and uses the same color scheme of Killmonger because of the fact of it's like a redemption for the person. Yeah you were a massive you know disgrace for what you did you had your beliefs you had your ideologies but ultimately you failed that would be like you know and it's we'll go over to star wars for a second but it's like it's the antithesis of the failure of kylo ren like he's adopting his you know dad he's like standing his dad he's like oh my god like you got to listen to this uh you know this uh new cd why it's darth vader's unreleased you know speeches it's like why do you like that guy? Listen, he had yeah. some good ideas and it's like uh, it's like no, no he didn't. But he had a cool costume, right? Oh, uh, sure. Thank you. It's like ugh. Right. But the whole redemption arc, I like that idea of like no, you Yeah. It's there were some core beliefs and that's why like I will be completely honest. I I avoided spoilers as much as humanly possible when yeah. you see the character of Kilmonger make his return in the afterlife. I mm. was shocked, genuinely shocked. And it's like it's a stupid yeah. shock because it's like, you knew he was going to show up, but it's also like, did you?
2: Maybe? Yeah, I was completely, completely surprised. I was just like sitting there of like, ah, got to have a scene where she talks to her dead mother, or whatever, whatever. So I was very <laughs> much in this lull of like, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for the action to come in at this point. Uh, and then it just like completely came out of left field for me. It's like, oh, that's Killmonger. He's here. Okay. Taylor's well, not, not a fan. That.
1: <laughs> Taylor's not a fan of people grieving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, talking about <laughs> it. All
2: right, you know what? Like move on at a certain
1: point. I just don't care. <laughs> but she saved his life. <laughs> Who cares? Oh <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> but just in regards to a lot of these characters, the element of how we're now getting and it's like Somebody said, you know, the whole point of the uh, the gender swap of everything, and it's like, not really. It's still, like, it's the core principles, but it's new, unique characters that are still closely tied, but not the gender swap version of them, you know? So seeing that with Shuri's Black Panther and Riri's uh, Ironheart, eh, I get where people are coming from, but you're wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I was still hoping out of that, <laughs> Somehow it was going to be M'Baku in that costume at the end.
1: Oh, that would have um, been.
2: <laughs> that's mainly just because I really like Winston Duke. I've seen him in one of my favorite TV shows that he was very good in, so I like seeing him and stuff, and I was still just like, ah, like let it be him. Just just do that. Um, but, you know, there there's no way. I, I think there's a way you could have written that to make sense, but not in this movie, not the way they wrote it. Like, that's fine.
1: Winston did a phenomenal job in this movie, but I feel like he was so underutilized in this in a lot of ways. But it's such a large cast of characters that it's like everyone has to have their time to shine. Sometimes, you know, there are sacrifices, and I get that. Yeah. And it's like...
2: Yeah. I was certainly hoping to see him more. I was still happy with how much he was in the movie because I thought he had a good role. But, you know, I kind of like hiked myself up a little too much of like, oh, they're putting him like really close to the front on some of these posters and stuff. Maybe he'll be like a really integral part. Not quite to that degree. But Surprise. I still like that at the end, he's apparently on the throne. So that's cool.
0: You know, when you mentioned about having Killmonger in here as well, I don't know if it would have been a, not a good thing if he wasn't there, if he would have not have been missed in the movie. But like we kind of hinted or maybe talked around is that it's, it gave shuri two sides of what she was hopefully going to aspire to that is becoming the black panther Uh, and like we said about choosing the killmonger version versus the original t'challa version i think was a good if you read into it and it's not going too far into it is that yes she chose you know more of the hate aspect and maybe that's why we didn't get too much of her in it and doing what she did um so i think it, it provided a good perspective and some balance by having
1: mm-hmm. Killmonger in there, yeah. Thank yeah. you, Thanos, yeah. for the balance. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so now, in regards to the movie overall, like I would say, that's going to wrap this episode up for us, kind of, right? You want to add the mid-credit scene? Yeah. This is so. This is the big one, which they've kind of like changed up some things in regards to the character that makes his debut, but T'Challa has a kid. Toussaint
0: from Haiti, and they say that a little different than we are used to, maybe. But I, don't, I was going to just throw in that, in not not in all Marvel movies do they continue when the movie ends? Does the mid credit scene continue along? It was kind of weird how that was. It I just I gotta would, admit. You know, usually would jump to some other aspect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's well, nothing like, at the very end.
2: I, sorry, go
0: ahead. Yeah, I was just saying there was
1: nothing at the very end, though. So just yeah. was I think sufficient. Did you, yeah. by the way, did you stay, like, after the mid credit scenes yeah. still? Really? I, once these movies, uh, you know, end, I literally go on my phone, pull up okay. how many mid-credits, and them I'm like, okay, I'm good, we're Thanks. good. Yeah, I'm not a cheater like that. That's not a cheater, it's saving my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
0: well now, <laughs> excuse me.
2: Uh, <laughs> I really like how they did, they essentially never cut. From the scene in a way, even in the credits, because the whole credit sequence is just you know her funeral garb burning in the fire. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that you know no Marvel movie certainly has ever done something like that, so that was new and interesting, and I liked that. It kind of let you breathe after the movie was done, rather than just you know slamming the credits in your face. And I felt that was thematically appropriate, especially with them like as you said, just coming back to that scene. Like it's not like they cut to something else random. So
0: yeah, and now we have the introduction of Prince. T'Challa, son of King Mm -hmm. T'Challa.
1: Who in the Mm -hmm. comics is, his mother is not the mother that's in this, but rather the... Storm? Yeah, Storm, the goddess of uh, thunder and lightning, the weather goddess. So Mm. it's very interesting because some people are like, is he a mutant? Yeah. So maybe, but probably, I I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those, I'm in the, uh, no, no camp. Especially... if
0: it's a movie version of it, then I'd say yeah, kind of on the no side, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Probably not. And I'm fine with them changing up things in regards to that because that's that's a not so big detail. You know, like yeah. in the comics, Kamala Khan's not a mutant, but guess what? Surprise. Terrigen yeah. no no more terrigen mess because <laughs> Right. <laughs> Ew, this house has a no. human stink. <laughs>
2: No one except for me remembers that they already did TerraGen Mist in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So,
1: and let's be honest, does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. truly count anymore?
2: Probably not, but I'm still going to say it does, anyways, because Mm -hmm. screw you, I dedicated too much time to that.
0: (laughs) 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 I can understand that. Somewhere I I lost, I don't know where it was that I. How far did it go on the TiVo, Eddie? (laughs) When the DVR crapped out, yeah. And I was like, oh, geez," and, that, and the DC shows, it's like, you know, I'm not starting
1: over. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I can finally breathe again. Oh, what's a new show I can start watching? Oh, no, it's happening again. Yeah, Batwoman, I have all the episodes, I think, or something. Oh, that's, God. That's very nice, Eddie. <laughs> like, wait a minute, it's still recording this? Oh, no. I gotta watch all of it. No, you don't, Eddie. Yes, I do. It's the principal. <laughs> it's... No, we're not talking about the Jim Belushi movie, The Principal. <laughs> well, which, by the way, is tied into the Jesse Ventura science fiction movie, Abraxis, Guardian of the Galaxy. Which, I'm, it's not a joke. It's real. Oh, man. Come on, who doesn't love a good talk about Jesse the Body Ventura in the middle of a Black Panther podcast? It's at the, it's the, at the end, I think, hopefully. <laughs> So overall, I loved this movie. Again, doesn't compare to the first. Uh, I would say it's a solid. Uh, how do we do our normal ratings, Eddie? It's out of five, five, ten. Five, four point five. Four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> four out of five. Four out of five, ladies and gentlemen. Like it. It doesn't compare to the first because again, I love the first one. Like there's just something special mm. about it, and I feel like the biggest thing missing from it for me was the. Uh, I wanted more of a Kendrick Lamar soundtrack and surprised yes it didn't happen but yeah that i'll
2: say real quick like that's one of my biggest flaws with the first movie is that the trailers are done really well with music and the movie does not do that like some of the score is pretty good but a lot of it is generic superhero stuff so i'm just left feeling that a lot of the shots and scenes in the trailer that seemed really cool did not land the same way because it's replaced with generic superhero score uh and they didn't like, re- like, fix that in that way, like you said, in this movie, uh, just making it all Kendrick or anything. But the score across the board was so much better. Like, I think it was great all the time. But that still kind of fixed that problem for me.
1: I got to check out the the score now on uh, Spotify just because.
2: Yeah. I rarely do that, and I did that immediately with the film afterwards. Ludwig Ransom, uh just did a fantastic job, as he pretty much always does.
0: I think the score, the music that was in this film was fine throughout. Um, you know more Wakandan culture centric than anything else mm. and just a couple of spots where it was maybe to some you know more recognizable songs I think it held up fine um, I, I don't think there was a great dis- a huge disparity between the first and second Black Panther movies it was on a different level but I do agree as far as giving it a rating the same as Peter can you <gasps> believe it?
1: sorry I just wanted to breathe in really deep yes, um, yes. Uh... Gasper yeah but yeah Taylor comment
2: yeah, I'm going to like rating this movie on a like Marvel movie scale. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd actually give it a 4.5. I did. I think I'll have to watch it again, but I think on a whole, I liked it better than the first. Um, and I'd put it in like the upper echelon of Marvel films. So, yeah, 4.5 out of 5.
1: So, phase four is completed, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. And with this, you know, I think this is the, is this or uh, Guardians the uh, finisher for, you know, the holiday special? I heard that this was the finale for Phase it's 4. It's this,
2: I think. I'm pretty sure it's this.
1: So I'm going to, since nobody asked, I'm going to give off what my ranking of the MCU, the movies, not the TV shows. Because believe me, if we throw the TV shows in there, as Scott the Wise plays in the background um, off of my phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, all. Um, anyway. <laughs> so let me see if I can find the tweet. But Eddie, Eddie uh, regaled the audience with an anecdote about... Uh, Batman or something we're gonna get a long countdown from Peter I think momentarily I don't know if I'm
0: quite there with that but uh... it's
1: featuring me getting yelled at by the wrestler Hurricane Helms by the way who got mad at me for saying uh, Thor Love and Thunder was better than Black Widow and Eternals and I'm like still not the worst movie that's
2: just objectively correct
1: but anyway my ranking coming in at number 7 Eternals which by the way it's very odd of me to say this I really want to revisit Eternals now because it is the fall Thanksgiving season and oddly enough much like Knives Out, I feel like Eternals is a Thanksgiving movie now. And, yes, it's partially because yeah. it came out at Thanksgiving, but I don't know why. There's just, like, that coziness to it. Oh, so sort it'll of help you digest after the big meal. Well, no, I'm going to be going to see glass Or, or having a nap. Anyway, number six, <laughs> well. Black Widow with a thud. Not, like, much of a thud, though. Stick Get the it, She fell, Eddie, oh. you see. Oh. Um, number five, Thor, Love and Thunder. Again, sorry, Hurricane Helms. Poser. Uh, Number four, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Macho Madness. Number three, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Number two, Cameo Palooza, Spider-Man No Way Home. And number one, and some people were just like, really, that's your number one? Yeah, it was. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Like, that movie absolutely slaps. I love martial arts movies, and I thought as a self-contained origin for this character, I thought they did a phenomenal job with that so yeah eddie what about you what's your what's your I'm, numero uno no, no 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 no. what's your numero uno in this space? we're not
0: we're not doing that and that's could be another wrestler thing in fact if you wanted
1: what, to player uno
0: numero yes. uno, e- player e- uno. E-
1: evil uno in AEW. all the wrestling oh, see i told you wrestling. yeah i'm
0: not doing i gave you the ranking of this film and that's where it stops no where's the rank compared <laughs> to the other ones eddie somewhere else because people care about our opinions yes but not in this podcast I didn't prepare myself with a list it's lucky I got half a page with some uh, character names and notes how about this do
1: you like this more than Eternals yes okay so number one is Black (laughs) Panther (laughs) number two is I really don't have the time oh it would take about 45 seconds it's okay (laughs) anyway so first off before we go wrap this episode up Taylor thank you again for being on this episode
2: absolutely thank you
1: for having me and how can people get a hold of you on social media and how can people visit and go to and, the Kinoplex 2 Robert's Reprieve and get some crab legs.
2: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I am Kinoplex AD on Twitter. Uh, the Facebook group is the Kinoplex 2 Robert's Reprieve on facebook.com. Uh, if you're 80 years old and Uh, Fun fact, I have a YouTube channel I'm starting to make videos on regularly. Um, That's the KinoPlex on YouTube.com. I got one out recently that I'm actually really proud of, so I'm doing stuff there now. KinoPlex on YouTube.com.
1: That video you did, it was involving Tron Legacy, and what was the other movie? Because I saw the thumbnail, and I still haven't watched it, (laughs) but I'm just like, what an odd thing. And I kind of want to watch this.
2: I'm in love with a church girl, a Christian movie starring Ja Rule and one of the cheetah girls.
1: Yeah, oh the, the look on eddie's face is confusion kind of and just like <laughs> <laughs> it was like him trying to solve a math problem he's like carry the five <laughs> <laughs> taylor again pleasure as always
2: absolutely thank you so much
1: for the marvelists i'm peter melnick i'm taylor stenho and i'm
0: eddie wilson excelsior